the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Plan Your Estate Radio with your host, San Jose Estate Planning Attorney Bob Bergman. Bob's been practicing law for over 40 years and is certified by the State Bar of California as a legal specialist in estate planning trust and probate law. Bob is here to help you set your house in order with valuable insights you can use today to prepare a better tomorrow for your loved ones. And now your host for Plan Your Estate Radio, Attorney Bob Bergman. Good afternoon, Bay Area. State Planning Attorney Bob Bergman here, broadcasting from my office in the Cambrian Park neighborhood of San Jose. We're coming up on the end of this year now. I think we have just just about another week or so to go before 2022 becomes a not-so-distant memory. I want to let you all know... Thank you, thank you. Accepting the award for 2022. Um, I want to let you all know that I do have uh, a few more workshops that I'm going to be holding in my office next week on Wednesday. I have a 9.30, an 11 o'clock, and a 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Each workshop's about an hour long, and it's uh, an estate planning workshop, so it's all about reasons to do estate planning. Uh, You can register for one of those workshops by going to my website at lawbob, L-A-W-B-O-B dot com, and then clicking at the top where it says workshops and seminars. There will be a, a page that gives a complete description of just what the workshop's about, and then there will be buttons on that page that you can click a button for the workshop you'd like to register for. You can register for more than just yourself if you want to bring a spouse or partner or a friend or maybe uh, family members, you can certainly register. Uh, Currently, I don't have anybody registered for the 930 session, uh, but I will tell you that uh, the other two sessions already have people who are registered and there's only room for a dozen people in my office for each one of these workshops. So the maximum I can take next Wednesday would be 36 people coming to hear about estate planning. If you have some time off next week and you'd like to get a head start on your New Year's resolution for for looking into getting estate planning done, here is your opportunity. Uh, You can register. There's no charge for the workshop. And everyone attending will actually um, get a copy of my 2022 Consumer Guide to Wills, Living Trusts, and Estate Planning for California residents. It's uh, quite lengthy, and it goes into a lot of detail about estate planning, why we do estate planning, and also the things that we're trying to uh, achieve and trying to avoid by doing estate planning. So uh, that's a very useful thing just to come for that, if nothing else, 
But I think if you come, you'll learn a lot. Time will go by quickly, and you will be entertained. That is my promise to everyone attending, um, that they will learn a lot. Time will go by quickly, and they will be entertained. So here's your chance to uh, get a head start on your planning for 2023 by coming to one of the available workshops next Wednesday in my office. Wednesday uh, next week will be the last day that I will be in my office for 2022. So here would be your last chance to uh, actually meet me, uh, kick my tires, so to speak, and see whether or not I might be the right person to help you and your family with your estate planning needs. Today, I'm going to follow my usual format, which is questions and comments from around this great state of California. Uh, I pull these in every week, and I put together a stack of them for my show, because I find that a lot of times people hear things on the show and they go, oh, that's my situation, or that's very similar to my situation, and uh, it will help people sometimes make decisions about whether or not um, there are certain things that they should be doing from an estate planning standpoint. So let's get right to it. Here it says, um, in San Francisco, it says, My parents' last will and testament has only one signature. My parents were legally married, and the last will and testament was signed only by my father. The revocable family trust was signed by both parents. Let me first say that a last will and testament is not a collectively signed document at all. A last will and testament is personal to one person signing it. So, if there's a last will and testament that has only one signature, that of the father, that means it's likely just the father's last will and testament. If some, for some reason there was a space for the mother to sign on that document, that's completely wrong. You don't have uh, a married couple collectively sign a last will and testament. That's an individual document. Now, the revocable family trust being signed by both parents, that makes perfect sense. Because married couples often have living trusts that are joint living trusts. Uh, trusts that are signed uh, by both parties and that own their property collectively and then also determines how things are going to be distributed uh, when when one spouse passes away and then when the other spouse passes away. So that's kind of a strange one there. I've, I've never seen a will signed by two people as their will. It just doesn't really work that way. I don't know that it would be valid as a will for either one of them if both signed it as their will. Kind of confusing. A court might accept it as the will of whoever died, but it's a very strange situation, and I'm not sure uh, why something like that was prepared or who might have prepared something like that. Hopefully it wasn't an attorney that did that, because that's just plain wrong. 
Now, here's an interesting one out of San Jose, because it actually has a crossover to family law, which I do not practice, but I do know some about, so I'm going to still float this out there. Person says, before I got married, I designated beneficiaries on my stock accounts and my 401k plan at work. Are those beneficiaries still valid after my marriage if the beneficiaries don't include my spouse? Well, if we're talking about like a brokerage account that you designated a beneficiary, like a pay-on-death beneficiary, the fact that you got married doesn't really impact that um, because if you kept if you've kept that account separate from the marriage, uh, it is a separate property account, and you can designate whomever you wish. The four hundred one k plan, however, is a different issue because federal law dealing with those types of retirement plans require that the spouse of the person be the beneficiary of a 401k plan unless the spouse has actively signed off and consented to someone else being the beneficiary of the 401k plan. Beneficiary designation that you have on it now that doesn't include your spouse or includes people in addition to your spouse, it's probably not valid without the spouse's express written consent that there be a different beneficiary from the spouse. So that's something where that really needs to be examined. And uh, I think you will find that uh, it is a family law question, but it's a fairly straightforward one. Uh, 401k plans, 403p plans, any, any account that is an ERISA plan has to have your spouse as the beneficiary. Not the same thing with IRAs. Uh, Those are not subject to that legal requirement. So, we're coming up on the first break of the show today. When we come back, I will continue with more questions and comments from around the state of California. This is attorney Bob Bergman, and we'll get back together again after the break. This is Plan Your Estate Radio with San Jose estate planning attorney Bob Bergman on AM 1220 KDOW. And welcome back to the second segment of the second to last show of 2022. So here is a situation out of San Francisco and the the person basically says, my wife and I have not lived together in 19 years so I'm reading that as this person uh, separated from his or her wife 19 years ago says I took my name off the title of our house 15 years ago and she took care of all the payments taxes etc she unexpectedly passed away and without a will What am I entitled to? We also have two children. Well, the short answer is it's likely that you would be entitled to 
at least, at least one-third of the house, uh, ownership of one-third of the house. This is if it's determined that the house, because of taking your name off the title, uh, if the intention was to have the house be owned solely by your wife, then that would make it your wife's separate property. And the fact that you're still married would mean, and there's no will, would mean that the separate property is, under the law, divided between the surviving spouse and children, if there are children. And the law would say, with the laws of intestate succession, which is basically the laws of who gets your property when you die if you don't have a plan, those laws would say that your spouse, if you have no children, your spouse would receive that separate property. In other words, it go to the surviving spouse. If there's one child, the laws of intestate succession state that the property would be divided 50-50 between the surviving spouse and that one child. In this case, where there's two children, I would say that the law says that if there are two or more children, the separate property is divided between the surviving spouse and those children, with one-third going to the surviving spouse and two-thirds divided between the children of the, the spouse that died. So in a case like this, since it's probably separate property, as it's been described uh, in this situation here, since it's probably separate property of that spouse that just died, it is likely that the house will be divided between the surviving spouse and the children, with the surviving spouse receiving one-third of the property and the children, the two children, dividing the other two-thirds, meaning each of them would get one-third of the property as well. This is a description of one of the aspects of the laws of intestate succession. Intestate succession meaning um, who gets your property when you die if you don't have any kind of a plan for that property. So that's what intestate means, no last will and testament. And that's what would happen in a situation like this, that um, uh, that this person wants person wants to know who uh, uh, what percentage of the property they would inherit, and I think the likely answer is they would inherit one third of the interest in the property. Okay. <coughs> Okay, for out of San Diego. For the past five years, I watched my grandparents. The mortgage and the deed for their property were under my uncle's name. My mother 
is trustee behind my uncle's back and the beneficiary. She put her name on the deed and the mortgage. She now wants to kick myself and my uncle that's a beneficiary out. She gave us both evictions. Can't she do that? This is really, really confusing. Um, it, it's, uh, I don't even know if I can address this one because the facts that are laid out kind of don't make any real sense. Um, if the grandparents owned the property and then died and the mother is the trustee of the grandparents' trust that owns the property, um, then that means the mother can probably evict uh, evict uh, this person and the uncle from the home if they're actually living in the home. But it's very, very confusing just what the actual situation is. So I don't know that I can even really adequately address that one. So let's move on. All right. From San Mateo, California. Can a last will and testament be changed after a spouse dies? I am in a last will and testament. Can it be changed after the spouse dies? Can a trustee under probate code section 1606 1.7 be changed? Okay, I'm not sure what the person means by changed. I mean, if they had a spouse who had a will and the spouse died, no, the will can't be changed because the person who created the will is deceased. So there's no way to change the will after someone has died. Um, a trustee of a trust can be changed uh, unless the person who created the trust has died, in which case whoever's named as the trustee of the trust is now the trustee of the trust. Um, they may have the authority to resign and appoint somebody else. They They might be able to decline to serve as the trustee, and then the next person in line takes over. But you can't just change the trustee of a trust unless you're the person that created the trust in the first place, and you're still alive, and you're still competent to make a change. Okay, we're coming up on the mid-show break, and when we come back, we'll continue on with more questions and comments from around the state of California. I still have a nice little stack here to get through, and we'll get through as many of them as we can before the end of the show today. And hopefully you're picking up some information here that's going to be useful to you or someone you know. That's why I, uh, someone you know. That's why I do this show, hoping that it will be of value to those who are listening. So, We'll be back after the mid-show break. This is attorney Bob Bergman. This is Plan Your Estate Radio with San Jose estate planning attorney Bob Bergman on AM 1220 KDOW. 
and welcome back to the third segment of our show today. This is one out of Los Angeles, California, and it's a little bit on the tricky side. person said, my husband made a will and trust on the same day. He only signed the will, and his brother signed on his behalf as his attorney in fact. Is the trust valid? The answer is probably yes, if if the brother was given immediate authority to sign on behalf of the husband, and if the power of attorney explicitly gave authority to sign or create a um, create a trust on behalf of the of the husband, so it's probably valid. Sounds like the person's asking because they'd like to challenge the validity of the trust, and that's what I would guess. Okay, um, there's no question there. Okay. All right, we have existing beneficiaries on our trust that have changed their names. Does our trust have to be changed? This is out of Riverside, California. Says, we, my wife and I, received messages from our bank to update our trust information. We talked to a bank trust assistant. He said we have to hire a lawyer to change the names legally on our trust information packs. Huh? I'm not sure what that's all about. Our children are the ones on the trust. Their names were changed because they got married, and the DMV changed them to what's on their birth certificates. Our former lawyer no longer handles trusts. He said we could cross out the names and write in the new names. The bank assistant said that is not legal. What or where can we have this done if need be? I'll say, first of all, just because a beneficiary has changed a name doesn't mean that they're no longer the beneficiary. Um, it is very common for me to have clients who have named their children when they're, before their children were married, and then a child gets married and maybe their name changes as a result of the marriage. That does not affect their ability to inherit under someone's estate plan, because if you're the daughter now, you're still the daughter in the future even if you have a different last name or or even if you legally changed your name as long as you can prove the relationship you're still the person so um then uh, i don't know why someone feels like they have to update things uh it could be updated though by uh, a simple amendment to a trust that basically says wherever the name appears uh, Jane Smith, it sh now should be uh, Jane Johnson, if, for example, that was the name change. So it's that's not a real complicated thing. Okay, what if a will and a trust are totally different? This is out of Sassoon City, California. Um, person says, a family member passed away and had a living trust. Years later made a will, and changed how she wanted things to be done. What happens? Hmm. Well, I would ask first whether or not there's assets that are owned by this living trust. 
um, in which case they're governed by what the living trust says. The question is, if someone made a will later and changed things without going back and changing the trust, does that affect to change the trust? Well, I guess you can argue that making a will later on could arguably be an amendment to the trust, but that's kind of problematic. Uh, I think what I could pretty much guarantee is that if the distributions are very, very different, there's probably a big legal fight coming up between the different beneficiaries of the trust and beneficiaries or heirs named under the will. Okay, out of San Francisco, California. Person says, I have power of attorney and the trustee of a family trust is scared to deal with my family. She wants to resign. Can she appoint me or someone else? The short answer is yes, if the trust authorizes that. And uh, most trusts don't really authorize the serving trustee to appoint the successor trustee. The trust that I do often give that power if uh, if my client thinks it's appropriate to grant that power, maybe to specifically named trustees, maybe just in general, so that it's possible for a successor trustee to be named without going into the court system to have a trustee appointed by a court. Um, so the answer is yes, if the trust authorizes the trustee to appoint a new trustee to take over. So that's really the short answer to that. So here out of Pasadena, California, this person says, there's five beneficiaries to my mother's estate, and the trustee has asked us to waive an accounting to receive distribution. I'll start first by saying, receiving a distribution from a trust cannot be preconditioned on you waiving an accounting. That's not appropriate. And uh, and so let's start with that. Can only one beneficiary waive and receive their portion while the others retain the right to contest and question the accounting? Um, the bottom line is, if everyone's not going to waive the accounting, then the trustee needs to do a formal accounting. Uh, there's not one of this, you know, oh, well, I waive the accounting, give me my portion. Well... What happens? What happens um, if there's a distribution made, and then it turns out the accounting is challenged successfully, and now that beneficiary was just given more than they should have received? Now the trustee's on the hook for that, and the beneficiary might be on the hook for that as well. Um, so that would be kind of my answer to that. All right, uh, moving on here. Let's find um, next question here out of um, Sacramento, California. Okay, a husband and wife are listed on the deed of their primary residence. The wife has severe dementia. Husband would like to remove his wife from the deed of the house. In the case of the wife surviving the husband... The wife will not have the mental capability to understand or conduct financial transactions. The husbands would like to make arrangements through a trust for him 
for how his assets will be managed for the benefit of his spouse if he dies before his wife. The wife is mentally incapable of signing off on a trust for a married couple. Okay, the husband might very well have to go to court to get permission to set up a trust and put the residence into the trust so that it can provide for the wife in the future should he predecease the wife. Uh, there's no real way to just remove her name from the title to the house without some kind of court action. Um, this points out why the time to do planning of any kind is while people are still healthy and legally competent to sign off on the paperwork. This is just kind of common sense, but unfortunately it is very, very clear that uh, a lot of times, and uh, really in most times it seems like, no action is taken ahead of time, and you end up in the court system trying to sort things out in the court system. Okay, um, out of Los Angeles, California, says, Mom had a will and had real property in a trust. It was to be divided 50-50 once our mother passes. Mom's still living. My brother and I are co-trustees of the trust. My brother's convinced Mom to quit claim the property to him. She has dementia and limited education. He's also taken money out of the bank account that does not directly benefit our mother. Okay, so the question is, what's the fastest way to put a cloud on titles your brother cannot sell? Well, it sounds like if the brother is acting in this way, he might need to be sued to be removed as the trustee of the trust and sued to demand that the property be put back into the trust. That would be the fastest way to put uh, what's called a Liz Pendens or a Notice of Pending Action against the property so he can't sell the property. But this is going to be a battle in the court. I could tell you that right now just from the little information I have in front of me. Okay, we're, we're coming up on the third break of our show today. And when we come back, we'll finish out the show with a few more questions and comments from around the state of California. This is estate planning attorney Bob Bergman, host of Plan Your Estate Radio, and we'll finish up the show after this final break. Now, back to Plan Your Estate Radio with attorney Bob Bergman. Hi, welcome back to the final segment of our show today. All right, um, here we go. Here is out of Nevada, California. And a person says, Can a 403B account beneficiary move the money into the deceased owner's trust if the trust wasn't listed as an account beneficiary? says, my mother's 403B account was forgotten and left out of her trust. Well, let me start first by saying a 403B plan is an ERISA retirement plan, and you wouldn't forget it and leave it out of your trust. It wouldn't be in your trust in the first place 
because it's an individual retirement plan. And an individual retirement plan cannot be owned by somebody's trust. It says, my brother and I were listed as the beneficiaries. My brother and I want to put the money into our mother's trust bank account instead of having to declare it as our personal income. (laughs) Can't do it. There's no authority to transfer the 403B money into mom's trust account. You are the beneficiaries when you contact the company that's holding the 403B plan. They are going to want to pay the monies out to the two of you, which means they'll need your social security numbers, and that's what they will report to the IRS. So you can't just put it into mom's trust account, which, by the way, even if you could do that, it would not avoid the income tax at all. Uh, the income tax is going to be paid when it's paid out of the 403B plan. That's just kind of the way it works. So uh, I think people are trying to be a little bit clever here. Uh, it's not very clever at all. It won't work at all. You can't do it. Kind of end of statement right there. Okay. All right. So it says here, my mom passed away January of 2020. Me and my brother were named equal beneficiaries in an irrevocable family trust. My brother created a new family trust, same name, and collected life insurance as sole beneficiary using his new family trust. Okay. Um, That's likely fraud. um, Because... Because if if monies were payable to the parents' family trust, and then the brother created a whole new trust with the same name, and then purported to collect the insurance, that's basically defrauding the insurance company, and it's also defrauding the uh, the other child who's entitled to half of everything. So there we go. How do I locate the attorney's name online assigned to file a trust document in Los Angeles County? Okay, I'm not sure. Let's see. This sounds interesting. My father died Friday in Los Angeles. I'm next of kin. My stepmom and I do not speak, but she is the trustee of his trust uh, that my dad had set up. She's not mentioned it to me, and there are sizable assets. I am a beneficiary of my dad's trust according to what he told me before he died. I need to locate the attorney's name who filed the trust document with the court so I can request a copy of the trust since my stepmom will not cooperate as the trustee. Okay, well, no one will have filed the living trust document with the court. You don't really file trust documents with the court. You file wills with the court, but not trust documents. So you're not going to be able to locate a copy of the trust document that way. Um, Instead, what you may need to do is hire an attorney to make a demand on the stepmother to to actually um, turn around and provide a copy of the trust because it's it's likely that if your father told you you're a beneficiary of some kind, then you probably are a beneficiary and you would be entitled to a copy of the trust as the beneficiary. That's 
That's just kind of like basic California law right there. So I'd start first with a demand on the stepmother to provide a copy of the trust. Uh, barring that, um, you, you might actually have to go to court uh, to compel a copy of the trust to be turned over by the step my my take on that. Okay, well, we're coming up on the end of our show today. I hope you found it entertaining and informative. I want to remind you all one last time that I do have estate planning workshops, three of them scheduled for next Wednesday in my office um, at three different times, at 9.30 in the morning, at 11 o'clock in the morning, or 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Each workshop is an hour long. There's no charge, and there will be uh, informative information that you'll be able to take away with you when the workshop is done. That will be my last workday here in 2022, next Wednesday. I do have appointment times available on Monday and Tuesday. If you'd like to book a consult with me through my website at lawbob.com, you can certainly do that. But until next Friday, which will be the last show of 2022, this is attorney Bob Bergman. Merry Christmas, everyone. Drive safe this weekend and kiss and hug your loved ones. You've been listening to Plan Your Estate Radio with estate planning attorney Bob Bergman. For more information on today's program or to schedule a consultation, visit lawbob.com, L-A-W-B-O-B, lawbob.com. Or call his office in San Jose, 408-247-0444. That's 408-247-0444. And be sure to tune in next week for more Plan Your Estate Radio with attorney Bob Bergman. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of this station and are for informational purposes only and should not be construed to be legal, financial, or tax advice. Seek appropriate legal advice regarding your particular situation. Attorney Bob Bergman does not offer any guarantees with regard to the outcome of your legal matter. Prior results in other cases do not guarantee a similar outcome in your case. All rights reserved. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.